Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is the Weekly Pint. It's the show that uh, is now a show. It used to be something else, and now it is this. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, it, it requires a little bit of an explanation. Um, the point is for us, for us to all hang out together on a Monday night to kick off the week, to kick off an, a, another work week, and to just have a drink together. Uh, within that, we like to talk about uh, what's going on in the world around us, especially when it comes to um, Cincinnati beer or drinking or uh, national drinking news or uh, just anything that might be happening. Uh, typically, we stick to drinking, though, because that's uh, that's 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 my strong point. <laughs> Welcome. Um, it is a live show. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, you can tune in Monday nights around 930, uh, usually right around 930, sometimes a little or a little later, sometimes depending on my children, but uh, it, it's it, it's best consumed live. Um, however, we don't judge. However you want to uh, uh, consume the show, consume it. You can listen to it on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Um, you can view it later after it goes live on uh, YouTube or Facebook. Um, and that's, that's probably it. Twitch, can you, can you rewatch things on Twitch? I don't know. I don't, I don't really do anything on Twitch except hit the button that says go live on Twitch. Um, but since it's kind of a happy hour also, an excuse to drink together, uh, you, the, the point is to jump on the chat too and tell us what you're drinking and, and carry on in the conversation with the show which some of you have already started. Um, I'll pull the chat up in just a second, but uh, Marco is drinking a Sam Adams Oktoberfest, and Michael is drinking a Lemon Can plus a Listerman Outnumbered Rattler. Um, all right. Uh, I, I have a beer right there, and I'm getting ready to crack it open, but we got to keep going with some of the uh, housekeeping stuff. Um, you can You can kind of take part live in a couple different ways. Uh, the chat, as we just talked about, uh, which I'll pull up on the screen in just a second, but you can also call into the show and that's the drunk line. It's right here. Five, six, seven, 70 drink. And you can call into the show and we'll, we'll pull you on that way. I am, I'm, I'm really working hard to shift this around a little bit and it'll be a little bit different. Uh, and one of my big experiments, I'm doing it this week to see how well it works, but, um, I'll, I'll tell you more about it next week and let you know how it worked, <laughs> but um, stay tuned for that. That should be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, you can take part in the chat. It's right there. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Michael is already jumping into the topics. He said, whatever your opinion is about pour your own bars, copper and flame had one of the best beer selections in the area. You're jumping ahead. We're not going to get to it yet. <laughs> I will talk about copper and flame. That is a large topic that I have written down in front of me. But um, this show is we're, we're going to talk about lots of different uh, uh, breweries and lots of different bars and lots of different beers and beverages. I am not sponsored by any of them. I'm, I'm more than happy to be sponsored by them. But just so you guys know, I'm not sponsored. Uh, uh, this show is not sponsored, I should say. Um, it is brought to you by people like you. So if you like this or you like any of the things that I do, you can go to the gnarlygnome.com slash support, and there's a Patreon page, and you can support it that way. And that's that's how I... That's how I make sense of all of this, uh, basically. <laughs> that's, the, that's the simple way to put it. Uh, let's, let's jump into something, though, and that something is going to be what I'm drinking because uh, I have an empty glass uh, on the topic of supporting the show. I'm drinking out of my Drink Local Gnarly Gnome glass. You can find these at thegnarlygnome.com. Well, sort of. It's hidden on thegnarlygnome.com right now because the new store is coming, uh, hopefully, Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll see whenever I can 
find time to do it. This is definitely my busy season. There's I have an event every single month and then uh, work stuff and family stuff and uh, events and all of it's it is you guys know the word it's chaos <laughs> if you uh if you feel my pain and you feel like you live in chaos also uh stay tuned because when the new store does launch there's some stuff on there that you might like um i've not had this um i first saw the cans uh, i was taking a uh, a tour of rheingeist and i saw a big stack of the cans and kind of looked at them and i said hey uh, is that uh, is that coming back because this is a beer that existed a long time ago and uh, it was. <laughs> this is Sabro Express from Rheingeist. It's a collaboration with Deschutes, uh, which was uh, when this was first brewed, there was some uh, pretty crazy rumors going around that Deschutes was thinking about opening a, uh, a Cincinnati taproom. And just so happened that when some of those rumors were hitting, they were in town brewing with Rheingeist. I still don't know if there was more to some of that that we didn't, uh, that we didn't hear the skinny about. <laughs> Uh, let me pour this in here, and then we'll read the can, and we'll uh, talk about what this beer is. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, perfect summer beer. This is a hazy IPA with pineapple, um, brewed by Rheingeist in collaboration with Deschutes Brewery. And it says on the back, This joint venture between Rheingeist and Deschutes Brewery is a homegrown hazy melange of uh, bright citrus and juicy pineapple f that will put you in an uber luscious, man, <laughs> an uber luscious cloud of puff puff pass. Uh, I can, I don't, I don't really know exactly what that means, but I can uh, form my own opinions about that. Uh, it's a he heady mega rips of fresh pineapple and silky smooth wheat heavy malt bill amplify the deep tropical punch vibes of the esteemed Sabro hop. Tune in, hop on, hop out. 6% ABV, and that's about all it tells us. All right. Uh, once again, I need I need a fun little beer shelf so you can see what I'm currently drinking on the show. It should be like right, right there. Um, I did have – I had all of the um, – I had all of the Oktoberfest beers stacked over here, and I had to move them because the stack was getting a little crazy. I'm like, uh, well, I mean, I could tell you how many – we're in right now in Oktoberfest Quest. If you guys don't know about Oktoberfest Quest, we'll probably talk about it again here in a little bit. But um, I have currently 26 different Oktoberfests sitting down here in the basement, um, either already moved through the round, the first round, or ready to. There's six more that I uh, that either have been released or being released this week that. I have to also get, and I'm going to guess that there's probably a couple more that I don't have on my list yet that I'm just kind of missing, uh, that will, uh, be on there. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to have a lot this year. It's going to be a little heavy, um, so far that have moved on to round two. I was going to put together a graphic with a whole bracket and everything, but I just ran out of time today. Um, currently in round two, uh, we have Mad Tree, West Side, Braxton, High Grain, Cartridge, Fretboard, Brink, Rheingeist, and Warped Wing. Uh, still to compete in the uh, first round, we have uh, Narrow Path. Uh, should I tell you who they're? No, no, we'll leave that a surprise. We have Narrow Path. Um, I'm going to jump around so you guys don't know who's competing against who. Uh, Narrow Path, Sonder, Municipal, Northern Row, BJ's, Grainworks, Esoteric, Sam Adams, uh, West Sixth, uh, Big Ash, 
Uh, Northern Row has a collaboration fest beer. Uh, 16 lots. I believe they're canning it. I, st- I need to double check my email on that one. I don't, I don't know for a fact they are. I think they are. Um, 16 lots, uh, Third Eye, and then West Side's Fest Beer. All of those still have to compete, plus whoever else is uh, sneaking their cans uh, out there this year that I don't have on my list. So uh, it's a, it, is a, it is a good year for Oktoberfest. Um, let, me, well, let me catch up on the, the, the chat here. Uh, let's see. Josh says that Julia and he just got home from Narrow Path. Great place to have a beer. And uh, Julia is having a chocolate milkshake to prepare for uh, her dumbest idea yet. Uh, also had Narrow Paths uh, Love Toberfest tonight. Um, all right, let me dive into this uh, Sabro Express. Uh, it's hazy. Uh, it looks like a pineapple. It's like that bright kind of yellow pine. It looks darker on my screen. I don't know if it looks darker for you guys or if it's just my screen here, but um, it when I'm looking at it with the light behind it, it's like... Uh, super bright yellow, tropical looking. And let's uh, get our nose in there. Oh yeah, it's like it's like bright, fresh pineapple. Um, oh yeah, that's a uh, that's straight up like a luau in a glass. Um, I'm looking forward to getting my face in here. Hang on, I'm gonna do just that. Hmm. All right. Oh my God, that's good. God, you know, I know that especially, you know, probably a couple years ago, people were kind of uh, giving uh, fruited IPAs a little bit of a hard time or fruited beers in general have kind of over the years gotten a, a bit of a, uh, a ribbing, I guess, from beer nerds. Uh, I don't, I don't 100% know why, except for the whole tradition versus non-tradition thing. Um, this is a this is a really good beer. <laughs> uh, I could drink this all summer long, um, just you know by the pool, sitting out on the patio at night. Um, man, that's a good beer. Uh, I'm also you want to go behind the scenes a little bit. I'm trying new headphones right now, and I'm kind of hating them. So uh, hang with me while I switch headphones. Um, these are the the headphones that I edit on, and I don't like them uh, on the uh, the live show. So we're gonna switch them. Um, it doesn't really affect you guys. I can't hear myself right now, which is a very strange feeling. Um, but yeah, that that beer's good. And I guess I'm I'm probably one of those people that does not typically lean into fruited beers, uh, especially, oh, that's better, especially on the IPA side. Like I, um, uh, that's just not typically where I would, where I would go when I'm looking at the shelf, but, um, I'm starting to think that maybe, maybe I should, I should rethink that because, um, I, I kind of love that. (laughs) That's a, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good beer. Uh, it's complete opposite of almost everything that I'm drinking this time of year. Uh, if you guys don't know, I drink a ton of Oktoberfest beer this time of year. And I have so much of it that uh, not, not as much right now, 
but especially when we head into kind of uh, late September and, and early October, uh, once kind of the, the quest is done and I'm like, okay, now I've got all these beers that I, I need to consume so they don't go bad. <laughs> um, I really, really lean heavy into kind of that traditional style. Um, this is great. Um, but yeah, this is where I am this time of year. <laughs> it's October fest season. Um, I've officially ripped off the bandaid and I'm now ready to hit every Oktoberfest festival that I can possibly get to. Um, as many as my family will allow me to get to, uh, because we went to, uh, um, Germania's Oktoberfest, uh, Germania, depending on how you want to pronounce it, uh, this last weekend, um, this weekend that we're just coming out of, I guess, depending on when you're listening to this. And it was freaking incredible. <laughs> um, one thing that a couple things jumped out at me, but, uh, they, they kind of rearranged things a little bit this year. And the setup of the festival was, I think the best that I can remember it being, uh, they had the rides all in the very back of the field up on top. Um, so it kind of kept that part separate from kind of over, uh, down by the, uh, uh, the front beer garden and then up, uh, the, the main field up there, uh, just really, really great layout. And then the uh, the armored combat. <laughs> I don't know if anybody was kind of paying attention to some of the social media promotion ahead of time, but they kept teasing that they were going to have, you know, oh, we've got all this German beer and German food and singing and dancing and this and that and armored combat and this and, and just kind of slipped it in there and never really said anything else about it. And so I was, I was a little curious to what they were talking about. Um, and I got there on uh, Friday night and... Um, was kind of walking around and getting the lay of the land and uh sure enough they had a a ring of uh uh lumber built for people to stand in and they would put armor on and take these weapons and then just hit each other over over the head with it until people fell down (laughs) and then the person that didn't fall down won (laughs) it was it was the most bizarre entertaining fun thing ever. (laughs) I absolutely loved it. Uh, It kind of goes back to that same thing we've talked about a whole bunch with beer festivals in general, about how uh, we're kind of over this idea of a normal beer festival. Like, you know, nobody wants to just stand in a parking lot and drink beer and bake in the sun. Uh, It doesn't do it for us anymore because the, the concept of craft beer isn't what gets us anymore. Um, And, and this, was a good example of that of, you know, Oktoberfest is great and uh, I would be there no matter what. Um, but you throw these other things into it and suddenly Oktoberfest feels fresh and it feels exciting and it feels different. And I think that is, uh, is kind of a cool, a cool concept for something that's been around for a very long time. Um, so I had a blast, uh, freaking love Oktoberfest, <laughs> love it so much. Uh, I really could have spent every single minute there this weekend uh, if uh, the people upstairs let me. That's my family. Don't tell them I said that. Um, but I really want to do get to as many as I can this year, which is easier said than done. Uh, for anybody who has uh, a family, especially a family with small children, you understand how difficult that is to to make anything happen. We are in the middle of... Uh, uh, cheerleading season, which, uh, is, 
a constant thing on the weekends. Uh, we're getting ready. Uh, my my oldest is already back in school. My youngest is getting ready to start preschool, so we're going to be thrown into all of that stuff. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's just a lot of things, so it makes it hard to uh, then when the weekend finally rolls around, like, oh, we're going to go just, you know, we're going to go to Oktoberfest and just drink. <laughs> just like, Got to mow the grass at some point, <laughs> you know. Um, um, before we get into uh, the big topic, uh, I do want to kind of go with a couple other kind of local news stories. Uh, we'll start out with the one that dropped first, and that is uh, with The Point at Braxton. Um, there's there's a couple things to be said about this. Uh, number one, um, the tap room is not closing. Uh, so right now it is currently closed temporarily while they remodel the tap room, which is, uh, if you can't tell, Braxton, Cincinnati. Um, I guess if you're listening to the audio podcast, and of course you can't tell because you can't see the screen, um, but they're closing or they have closed the Braxton Cincinnati tap room while they remodel it. And the remodeling is going to kind of, if you've ever been there, um, the old three points location, Braxton, Cincinnati, the, the kind of the back half of the tap room, the big kind of open room that is being kind of closed off from what I can tell a little bit and turned into a private event room. They will still open it up for like big, big days. So if there's a big Bengals game or something, there's a lot of people in the tap room, they'll open it up and you can still go in there and drink. Um, but for the most part, most of the time, it's just going to be a closed off space, kind of like the the loft at, uh, at Covington. Um, and, uh, and, and the front part will still be a tap room. So a small tap room, which I, I kind of like more. <laughs> um, that was, that was one of my gripes kind of about the three points tap room is it never felt, it never felt comfortable to me. Like it was, it was fine. Um, and the same kind of goes for, for Braxton Cincinnati. It was a fine tap room, but it never, it never gave me that kind of warm feeling that I want from a, uh, from a tap room typically. Um, so smaller tap room in the front, event space in the back. With it, they are remodeling and adding a different food menu, which is their own food. It is Taco Fuerte, which you've ever been down to, uh, if you've ever been down to um, Fort Mitchell, to the uh, the barrel house down there. It's their little taco truck that they have there. It's, it's tacos. It's just, uh, it's nothing crazy, um, but it is their own food which is very kind of uh, uh, fitting considering the other uh, kind of smaller news story that I, that I do want to talk about, which we can still talk about Braxton. If you guys have any uh, thoughts or questions that you want to throw into the chat. Um, but the other news story that kind of popped up in the last couple of weeks, uh, Listerman Listerman is opening. Well, not opening. <laughs> they are taking over operations of their kitchen in their tap room which is the, the first time that they've kind of run it their self. Uh, this is, uh, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it's good. It's obviously good for the business. Good for them. Um, it is a whole separate side of the business. It shouldn't be shocking. Uh, I did write kind of a post about this. If you didn't see it over on the gnarly you can go read that, but, um, it, it shouldn't be shocking because it kind of seems to be the way that almost everybody is going to be. Uh, we just talked about, uh, Braxton Cincinnati kind of bringing the taco forte in there. Um, it's, uh, if you're going to have food, <laughs> let's, <laughs> rewind, let's figure out a right way to word this. Um, uh, so in, in the blog post that I put, I mentioned that they're, 
again, this this count is hard to to put into an actual number, but um, if you're looking at local tap rooms, like local places, so I'm not to count like High Wire and um, the you know the West Sixth Box Park and that kind of stuff. Local places, we have 59 breweries that have a ongoing food partner. Uh, if if my counting is correct, uh, 59. Uh, 41 of those, the food program that is ongoing is their own. So they are running either a kitchen, uh, they're running a full-on brew pub, they are they might even own a food truck that is sitting outside that looks like it's not part of the brewery, but they own it and they're they're running it. Um, the other 18 are are food partners, so a food truck that is a permanent place, a restaurant that has a, 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 a hole in the wall, literally like a hole into the tap room so they can sell through the wall via a window. Um, that's and that's you know so. 41 versus 18. Um, my uh, iPad is, of course, fighting with me tonight. Um, so hang on. Um, so you know the the idea that you can uh, you can you can operate. Hang on, turn that off. Um, you know when. When the uh, the the taproom law was uh, uh, changed, or the A one C was was uh, enabled here in Ohio, which allowed people to uh, have their own taprooms without having to have a brew pub, um, there was this uh, there was a wave of places like uh, Matry one when they opened. That's it's just a taproom. You would you bring in food trucks when you could, but. Uh, you would go there for beer, and that was it. Um, that that started to shift again with, you know, if if my if my count is correct, started to shift with um, with Madry once they kind of set this precedent that look, um, you can partner up with somebody, and you can have a uh, a partner that, that runs the food for you, that uh, also is always here. Um, Oh, hang on, guys. I can't pull up the chat because of my goofy system here. There we go. Uh, Julia says, if you've ever wondered if it's a good idea to take a bite of a fresh Carolina Reaper, uh, it's not. I, I actually have never uh, really wondered that. <laughs> just just for the record. Um. So the two 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 tap rooms uh, that um, are kind of shifting their uh, their focus, uh, changing some food things around. Um, in the case of Braxton, bringing events more front and center, which uh, is a a good representation of kind of what's happening with tap room culture right now. Food is more important than ever. Uh, event space is more important than ever. Um, all of that stuff becomes front and center to what makes a successful space. It's very different. <laughs> Marco also says he's never wondered what it's like to bite into a fresh Carolina Reaper. Uh, hopes, hopes that Julia is okay. <laughs> um, all right. We'll talk about the big one now. Uh, this, if, if anybody has ever been 
Um, Copper and Flame. So I've been very uh, critical about the um, pour-your-own-beer concept, and we'll, we'll dive into all of it. But before we do that, I have to say that um, I have nothing against Copper and Flame, uh, nothing against uh, ownership of Copper and Flame, nothing against any of them. I freaking love it. I, I do. I do love Copper and Flame for very different reasons, though. Um, I uh, the beer list, as Michael pointed out at the top of the show, uh, was always fantastic. They nailed uh, what types of beer you want to drink when you go to a place like this. Um, I hate, and I'm not going to name names, um, but if you guys have been to all of the self serve places. Uh, around town where you, you pour your own your beer, the pour your own self-serve tap things. Um, some of them you walk in and there's you know, like Miller Lite on tap. Like I'm not coming there to pour my own little thing of Miller Lite and pay almost twice as much as I would if I just go to a bar literally next door. It doesn't make sense. Um, so the, the, <laughs> the, the beer selection was good. <clears throat> Here's the things that I uh, um, really disliked about it. Uh, I, I, I hate the, uh, the places that you go to. And I'm not saying this was Copper and Flame, but I think that if you've been to a couple different uh, pour-your-own beer places, uh, you very quickly kind of understand that most of them are, are, are very similar type of vibe. Um, and that can affect your decision to go to another one. <laughs> and uh, part of that vibe is that, uh, you don't have any interaction with people. And I, I don't like that when I go out to drink. Um, I like to interact with people around me. If I'm going with a group of people, uh, that eases up the, uh, uh, the need from the, uh, uh, the staff in, in the, uh, the bar or restaurant that I'm going to, but, uh, if I'm just by myself or with, you know, maybe one other person or two other people, uh, we, we might want some interaction from, from staff and the pour your own concept by the very nature of it typically means that you're not getting as much of that. Uh, so I don't like that. The biggest thing that I dislike is the, uh, the cost difference and, uh, some places are worse than others. Uh, sometimes there were beers at copper and flame that, uh, cost wise were, were close enough to what you would get at a different place. Um, other times they, they definitely weren't, uh, right now for, for instance, um, you can get, uh, Sabretooth on tap, Rheingeist, Sabretooth Tiger, uh, great beer, um, excellent beer. Uh, it's 99 cents an ounce. So, uh, I don't, I don't. I'm not a math expert, but I think that makes it a $16 pint, which you're not going to drink a pint of Sabretooth, and I get that. Um, however, you, you could. Um, that is that is uh, double the cost that you would pay. Uh, it's on tap right now down at the, uh, the Element Eatery. Um, uh, and it is double the cost of what you would pay for it there. And I get that those are two different parts of town and different uh, neighborhoods and all of that, uh, that's double the cost is a little extreme for me. Um, and I get it. I'm not, I'm not necessarily the target customer, but, um, that's, that's the things I don't like about it. So I'm not, I'm not surprised because I definitely, 
Uh, I definitely see the, from the consumer's perspective, when you walk in, uh, it's very quick to see some of those things that the, uh, um, the interaction with the people that work there and, and by far out of all of the self-serve pour your own places that are in Cincinnati, copper and flame was the best about, um, their staff interacting with people and helping them make beer decisions and answering questions. And the food was phenomenal. Food was great. Um, so they were doing better than a lot of the other places are, but it was still there. It was still kind of hidden behind things that this feels different than a normal bar does. And people picked up on that and people, uh, I don't think people liked it. And, um, you know, if you saw the show title, uh, the other big thing is this, uh, this shift that's happening culturally, like right now with, with tipping culture, um, it, it was a, you know, it was when, when you go to copper and flame and you paid your bill, um, the tip screen pops up automatically and auto populates, which whatever, uh, I understand there are people that are, uh, uh, washing dishes and cleaning up, uh, people's messes and things like that. Uh, I, I personally, and I, I, I know that there's probably a lot of people that also feel this way. I uh, don't think that those should be jobs that rely on the tips of, uh, of customers. I think that the people who should rely, if they should even rely is, is probably questionable, but the people that, that should be relying on tips are the people that are giving direct service to customers face to face. I think that's kind of the way it should work. Uh, if even that way, um, not, not a place where I walk in, get a card and I'm, I'm, I'm not just speaking for copper and flame. Now I'm just speaking kind of a bigger sense about some of the, the places around. Uh, so if I walk in and that, uh, to, to keep it away from copper and flame a little bit, I will talk about an experience at a different pour your own place recently walked in. Um, and this was during the week, uh, I was going to grab just a couple, couple of tasters of some stuff where I was killing a few minutes before a meeting and, um, uh, walked in, there was nobody in the place, not a single person, which, okay, that's fine. <laughs> walked up to the counter, um, waited a lot a while because the, uh, uh, the person was in the back. Uh, they came up, uh, uh, she asked, she said, uh, do you, do you know how this works? And I said, well, Yeah. And she said, okay. And I handed her my card and she swiped it, handed me my card and she said, have fun. And then she turned around and left. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I, I did say, I know how it works. Uh, so then I turn around to the empty room and I go over to the wall of taps and, uh, you know, I found a bunch of beer that, uh, is very boring beer that I've had a thousand times, including the aforementioned uh, Miller light and <laughs> things like that. Had a couple tasters, uh, just kind of was over it. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, paid my bill and I left because I didn't like it. I just didn't like, I didn't like the feeling. I didn't like the interaction. I didn't like the emptiness, the soullessness of it. Uh, it's not what I want out of a bar for me. And I think that, uh, um, I think that's true for a lot of people. I also think that I, I probably shouldn't have had to tip her. <laughs> <laughs> it seems crazy to me. And I, I did. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. And I, I do try to always tip well when I go places um, because I understand the other implications of that. It's a person that's, you know, obviously part of, part of their pay, but uh, man, how do we get there? That, that is 
that is part of this whole thing. It just seems, it seems crazy. If I'm, if I'm going to walk in to a place like that, and if that is the interaction that I have and I'm quote unquote expected to tip that person uh, 20%, what does that mean for the places that I go to and I sit at a bar and I've got a bartender that comes over and stands in front of me or, you know, even if they're doing other things too, and they're having a conversation, they're making me a cocktail. They're, you know, uh, they're, they're having an actual, an actual face-to-face conversation about something that's exciting and something that's fun and something that you know, makes me want to come back to that place. Uh, what am I supposed to tip them? <laughs> I mean, that's if, if 20% is service a, what is service B? How do we, how do we in our heads justify that difference? Um, it's a, uh, it's, it's a thing that I'm definitely um, struggling with a little bit. <laughs> Josh says, I've been to one of those when Big Ash opened. It just seems problematic for people who struggle with self-limitation and zero personality. Yes. Um, seems problematic for people who struggle with self-limitation. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to understand the comment. Are you, is you think it's concerning for people who um, have, have trouble cutting themselves off? Is that where we're going with that? With uh kind of um, how much they're drinking. Uh, I don't know. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I just don't like it. Um, and that's not to say anything about some of these places. Again, uh, Copper and Flame was, was a great place. Beer selection was incredible. Food was incredible. Great, great stuff, great products. Um, but I didn't like the feeling of it. Uh, Big Ash, kind of the same way. Like it's, uh, I love the beer. Like they're they're kicking ass over there. Like they're they're making some really good beers. Um, but I just don't like going there. I just don't like it. I don't like the space. I don't like the place. Now they're they've they've added a couple things that have helped that. They have they have actual bar seating now. I have not gone and sat at said bar, so I don't know if there's an actual bartender behind it. But um, it's, it's helpful. Josh says yes. Um, it will cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that when you go to some of these places, um, after a certain amount of ounces, the machine cuts you off and you have to go over and um, find somebody to uh, turn you back on. <laughs> I haven't hit that in a while because I don't stay there long enough to uh, to hit my limit, but it, it, there is one. And I don't know if that number is uh, regulated by uh, something bigger than the actual company or if it's just the company, each one kind of generates their own number. Like this is probably where it should be. Um, I don't know. Don't know the answer to that. Um, but I also just don't think most of the people that I've seen at these places are not people that are uh, drinking large beers. It's people that are going over and pouring just lots of little, little tastes of stuff. It's a place to go to try a bunch of things. It's, uh, not a place to go to just get a big pint of beer, which is why the price is more expensive. Um, it's just kind of kind of the way it works. But I don't like them. <laughs> that's, the, that's the moral of the story here. Um, um, I, I, I like the people. I like the products. Um, but I don't... I'm sorry, wrong button. Uh, but I don't like the experience uh, that... Oh, man, I hit the wrong button. Um, I don't like the experience of the pour your own concept. That's the, uh, uh, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> uh, 
that's uh that's all the news stories i have for you so if there's anything else anybody wants to talk about feel free to uh to chime in on the chat and we can uh we can dive into it otherwise i'm gonna take a big drink of this beer Mm. that is excellent um we are uh if anybody is a long time excuse me long time listener of this show um you know that a couple times a year my family and i we go camping um <coughs> and uh uh it usually falls on memorial day and labor day so this next weekend this coming weekend uh we will be camping and uh one of the days while we're camping uh we're going to have a feast we we're going to make a whole bunch of food uh we're going to uh we're going to smoke some pork we're going to uh make some stuff over the campfire we're going to we're going to just do this whole big giant feast. And uh, we decided to make it all kind of tropical themed stuff. Um, and I'm starting to think that I probably need to uh, get a bunch of this beer to put in the cooler because it seems like it would probably be perfect with a, uh, a luau. <laughs> Josh says, it also feels bad to unwind after a big day, go drive to a place, and then have to serve yourself and pay a premium for it. That's it. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> If I want to serve myself, I'm just going to do it here. If I don't want to see other people, I'm going to do that here. <laughs> that's that's the beauty of my basement, is that uh, when I need to just be alone, here we are. I've got a bar, and it's got a TV, and I get to choose what channel it's on. <laughs> and if I want... If I want to go just get up and pour a beer, I'm just going to get up and go pour a beer because it's my basement. <laughs> I have to do that. I don't want to go somewhere else and do that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, the food is the only exception to that. And uh, again, Copper and Flame had that nailed. Their food was, uh, man, it was good. Um, the space was also just not big enough for what they were uh, were doing, in my opinion. Um, but I'm I'm curious to see what goes in to where they were, um, what uh, what replaces them, and if. Uh, if this pour your own thing sticks there or if somebody goes a different direction, uh, we'll see. Um, but I wish, wish them all the best of luck. Um, I, again, uh, ownership, great people. Uh, and, uh, yeah, best of luck. <laughs> There's no, no, uh, ill, ill will towards people or anything like that. Um, it's just the concept isn't, isn't for me. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up guys. Um, if anybody uh, is not paying attention, <laughs> we have a bunch of stuff coming up on the calendar as far as things for the Gnarly Gnome. Uh, we've got uh, Big Sis coming up. Uh, we have uh, Beer, Booze, and Bonks coming up. And we have the October Quest, <laughs> Oktoberfest Quest uh, finale live also coming up. Um, the uh, the dates on some of those are set. Let me pull up the calendar so I can uh, not lead you astray. So, uh, oh man, there's even more than that that I should probably talk about. So uh, we've got uh, not this coming weekend, not Labor Day weekend, but the following weekend, um, I'm going to be judging Hops and Flops. Uh, that is a March 1st event. They are doing this wild um, belly flop contest. Um, I will have a blog post up about it. I'm gonna, 
I'm going to say early next week at the latest. <laughs> so I'll have all the details and everything for you in there and kind of my thoughts about it. <clears throat> I think it's brilliant. Um, and uh, I'll be there. So uh, put that on your calendar. That is Saturday the 9th. Um, and then uh, the following weekend, uh, I will definitely be up at Figley for their Oktoberfest. Um, uh, because, you know, it's Oktoberfest season. <laughs> I'm going to make it to as many as I can. Uh, I'm hoping... No, I'm not going to promise that I'll have some new fresh lederhosen by then, but I'm, I think I'm ordering some new lederhosen uh, in the next week or so because uh, I'm getting really sick. This is this is not interesting to anybody but me. Uh, if anybody knows what bundhosen are, that's what I wear, and it's kind of like those. Uh, they're, they're not shorts. They kind of come below the knee a little bit, uh, so they're a little bit longer. They're great when you go to, like, uh, uh, Chris Kindle Market and things like that because they – they do cover up more of your legs, especially for some big socks. Um, I'm looking for some good short shorts. That's what I need because uh, this last weekend, it was freaking hot. <laughs> but I'll definitely be at Fig Leaf. Maybe with uh, new later husband. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, if you see a lot of my thighs, you'll know that I have my uh, uh, my new ones. Uh, well, then we have the following week. So that's the, uh, the 16th. Uh, then on the 22nd. Uh, that's Big Sis, and everybody needs to make it down for that. Uh, that is obviously, you guys know Big Sis. This is a charity beer that we make every year in memory of Mike Cisneros, who started Cincy Brewcast with me. Um, we, uh, we're we going to raffle off a bunch of stuff, raise some money, uh, drink a bunch of beer. Uh, you guys know the drill. That's at Darkness on the 22nd. Again, there'll be a blog post uh, a week or so, maybe even two weeks before that one. Um Immediately after that, on the 23rd, so the, that Saturday, I'll be over at Sonder for their Oktoberfest because, again, it's Oktoberfest season. Again, hopefully with some new, cooler, later hosen, something that's a little uh, little, little breezier. <laughs> um, man, there's there's so much stuff on the calendar. We'll, we'll leave it at that for now, and then we'll, we'll update as we kind of get closer. But know that, know that we've got just event after event after event. Um, if you, if you like some of the swag that I've got, like this, uh, uh, this, this drink local glass, or I don't know if you guys can really see it on here, this new, oh man, the light's terrible. You can't see it. It's a really sweet camo, uh, blacked out gnome hat. Um, I might have those available, um, by, buy some of these events, uh, probably not big sis, but some of the later ones, you know, uh, beer, booze and bonks and, uh, Oktoberfest quest, things like that. Um, there's a bunch of cool, cool swag that I've been working on that, uh, um, will, uh, be part of the, the new store launch, but, um, it all helps uh, when you guys, when you guys buy things like that, or, uh, when you subscribe to Patreon, any of that stuff, uh, you have no idea how much it helps kind of, uh, fill in the gaps and keep all of this stuff, um, running smoothly. So thank you very much. Uh, it also helps just to listen to the show and share with your friends. That's the, uh, that's a real secret to this is consume the content. When I make the content, that's what, uh, that's what keeps the world going around. <laughs> thank you very much, uh, for everybody who tunes in every week. I appreciate you guys a lot. Uh, and we'll be back. We'll keep doing this. We'll, we'll be back next week and uh, we'll probably be talking about Oktoberfest beers because <laughs> there's so many of them. <laughs> It's so much Oktoberfest. Uh, it's the greatest thing. I love it. Uh, we'll see you guys. Thank you very much. 
I got a text yesterday from somebody. I'm not going to name names, but somebody texted me, uh, and they said, uh, "What in the hell makes you? Uh, uh, how's the? How do they word it? How can you judge a belly flop contest?" Uh, I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that. Uh, somehow, somebody thought it was a good idea. <laughs> Maybe it's the beer side of it. 